Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Wild EM Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Trong, and this is a podcast about bringing you better care out there. Wild EM is my attempt at helping medical professionals, outdoor professionals, and enthusiasts at giving better care out there in the wilderness setting. Today, we are back with part two of Altitude Sickness. So without any further ado, let's jump right in. In part one of Altitude Sickness, we covered AMS, or Acute Mountain Sickness. Today, we are moving on to cover HACE, High Altitude Cerebral Edema, and HAPE, High Altitude Pulmonary Edema. HACE. HACE is a continuum of acute mountain sickness. So let's do a bit of spaced repetition here. If you recall, the symptoms of AMS are a headache, anorexia, nausea, fatigue, lightheadedness, and dizziness, but no, absolutely no focal neurological symptoms. That's because any focal neurological sign or symptom should alert you to HACE. These would be any of altered mental state, ataxia, or focal findings on your neurological examination. Prevention. Since haste is basically a bad form of AMS, prevention will be the same as for AMS. So for that, refer back to episode 1 where we already covered AMS prophylaxis. Treatment. Now as far as treatment goes for haste, it will be the same as for AMS. Remember, they're the same diseases on a continuum, with haste being a much more severe form of AMS. Let's go over the treatments again still, as I think we could all benefit from some spaced repetition. So as far as treatment goes, descent, descent, descent. If you suspect haste, you need to lower your altitude. The WMS guidelines state that descent is the indicated treatment for haste, or again, a severe form of AMS. If descent is not feasible, or to help relieve severe symptoms, oxygen can be used. Titrate use for a SAT above 90%. Last, before moving on to meds, a portable hyperbaric chamber can be used with the goal of getting the patient good enough to descend or when descent is not feasible. But again, it's worth repeating that neither oxygen nor a hyperbaric chamber should be used as a substitute for descent. Okay, now on to medications. So basically, medications for the treatment of HACE will be the same as for AMS. If you recall, Interventions for Treating Acute High-Altitude Illness, that was a Cochrane review. It pooled data from two studies showing a total of 25 patients and showed uncertain effect for acetazolamide in reduction of AMS symptoms. So again, acetazolamide, not so great for the treatment of AMS symptoms, but much better data for its prevention. And again, to recap dexamethasone, the same review found one study looking at 35 patients in which half of the patients were treated with dex had full symptom relief at 16 hours compared to none in the placebo group. Though both of these drugs have limited data on their use, it seems, again, that contrary to prevention, dex is the better option for the treatment of HACE. When used for the treatment of HACE, the dose is 8 mg IV or IM, or PO, followed by 4 milligrams every 6 hours. Now let's talk about the route of administration. Though normally corticosteroids have great GI absorption and the PO route should therefore be favored, any sick haste patient likely has the risk of vomiting oral intake or may have some component of decreased gut perfusion and absorption from dehydration that results from the reduced oral intake that happens at altitude. Therefore, in this population, I would strongly consider the IM route. 
So in summary, haste is a severe form of AMS. The difference with AMS is the addition of any neurological symptom, most frequently being altered mental status or ataxia. Prevention and treatment of haste is just the same as for AMS. But remember that anytime you're using DEX for any reason, it is my personal opinion that you should be heading down the mountain. Therefore, though DEX has discussed for AMS prevention, I believe it really should be reserved for the treatment of severe AMS or haste, and more importantly, it should also be paired with getting down. Okay, let's move on to HAPE. HAPE, or high-altitude pulmonary edema, is a bit of a different beast. It is the most deadly acute sickness of all three that we have discussed. Like for AMS and HAPE, there is a clear relationship between the rate of ascent and the development of HAPE. In terms of epidemiology of the disease, about 1 in 10,000 people will develop HAPE while in Colorado, which is only at about 3,000 meters elevation, but near 1 in 50 will develop the disease while attempting to ascend Denali, which stands at 6,000 meters. With regards to clinical presentation, about 50% of patients suffering from HAPE will also suffer from the nonspecific symptoms we have covered associated with AMS. More impressive in my mind is that also means 50% of people who will suffer from HAPE will not display any of the other symptoms associated with AMS or HACE, which is interesting to think about. In addition to those symptoms, Symptoms associated specifically with HAPE are cough, phlegm, hemoptysis, dyspnea, cyanosis, tachypnea, relative hypoxia, and abnormal lung auscultation. A few of these symptoms warrant further discussion. As for dyspnea, if you're anything like me, going up 200 meters will cause this. So it is important to specify dyspnea at rest and not just after physical exertion, which is expected. As for relative hypoxia, what I mean here is hypoxia out of proportion for what can be expected at altitude. I suggest you have a look at the graph of the oxygen dissociation curve if you are unfamiliar with these concepts. That's right, we went there, the oxygen dissociation curve. Essentially, as we go higher up in altitude, air pressure and therefore oxygen pressure decreases. This decrease in oxygen pressure will lead to a decrease in oxygen saturation as illustrated on the oxygen dissociation curve. All this to say, if you are caring for patients at altitude, it's important to understand these and have an idea of what to expect in terms of O2 saturation at a given altitude. This will help you identify patients with a lower than expected oxygen saturation, suggesting a pathological state. Furthermore, because of variability between individuals, it's also interesting probably to track these parameters and vital signs throughout the day to look for significant day-to-day -day variations, which again could cue you in onto something bad going on. Prevention. With regards to prevention, it's important to note that unlike AMS and HACE, no studies have been done to demonstrate the benefit of limiting rate of ascent. Now, that being said, though, the WMS guidelines on altitude sickness gave a grade 1B recommendation for a graded ascent. As for the use of medications to prevent HAPE, the same guidelines recommend their use only in patients with a previous medical history of HAPE. If you do decide on pharmacological prophylaxis, the treatment of choice is nifidipine, which is a calcium channel blocker. 
The dosing recommended in the WMS guidelines is 30 milligrams oral twice daily, and that's the sustained release form. Interestingly, if you take a deeper dive into the references, the studies cited from 1991 use a dose of 20 milligrams orally three times a day instead of the sustained release. This seems to make more sense from a pharmacological perspective as the half-life of the drug is seven hours. The authors of the guideline don't go into why they recommended a twice daily dosing, but I do suspect it's for a better compliance. Regardless of what dosing you choose, nifedipine should be taken few days before gaining altitude and stopped on day four at the highest altitude reached or when descent is commenced. Tadalafil, which is a phosphodiesterase inhibitor, can be used in place of nifedipine if this drug is contraindicated in certain patients. Its use is not recommended as first line though, as clinical experience with this drug is lacking in comparison to nifedipine. Finally, acetazolamide and salmeterol, which is an inhaled beta-2 agonist medication, are discussed in the guideline, but the bottom line is that there is no good data at this time to support their use in HAPE prevention, and therefore salmeterol is not recommended, and no recommendations are made for acetazolamide. Treatment. No surprises here, folks. As you've gotten used to, for all altitude disease, the treatment is descent. Again, a portable hyperbaric chamber is a consideration only when descent is not feasible. Treatment with oxygen is recommended for a saturation above 90%. As for drugs, nifidipine SR is recommended for treatment of HACE. Interestingly, a prospective study of individuals with HAPE demonstrated that addition of nifedipine to descent, oxygen, and rest offered no additional benefits. So still consider it, but as it should be clear by now, the treatment is getting down. As for the other drugs, much like for prevention, Tadelafil can be considered if nifedipine is contraindicated, but other drug classes should not. Specifically, dexamethasone is not recommended for HAPE. But in any patient who is also altered, it is important to consider concomitant haste, and in those circumstances, I would also treat with DEX. Lastly, positive airway pressure can improve gas changes and hypoxia. As it is rare that such systems will be available in the field, and that jerry-rigging your own setup would require significant amounts of O2, we won't discuss the nuts and bolts of this therapy any further today. In summary... Haste is a continuum of acute mountain sickness, so let's do again a bit of spaced repetition. If you recall the symptoms of AMS, they are a headache, anorexia, nausea, fatigue, lightheadedness, and dizziness, but absolutely no focal neurological symptom. And that is because any focal neurological sign or symptom should alert you to the presence of haste. These would be any altered mental state, ataxia, or focal findings on your neurological examination. As for patients with HAPE, on the other hand, they will present with cough, phlegm, hemoptysis, dyspnea at rest, cyanosis, tachypnea, and relative hypoxia, as well as an abnormal lung auscultation. Remember though, only half of these patients will have the sign and symptoms associated with AMS and HACE. So again, HAPE is a different disease process on its own. Prevention of both diseases is achieved with a graded ascent. For HACE, the most studied drug for prevention is acetazolamide, and for HAPE, it is nifidipine. Moving on to treatment, 
both these diseases require descent, descent, and you guessed it, descent. For haste though, pharmacological options include dex and acetazolamide, but as for hape, consider using nifedipine, though good data to support this intervention is lacking. And there you go, folks. That's it for acute altitude sickness. Until next time, remember to keep your crampons in the ice. The information contained in this learning material is for general educational purposes only and is not intended to provide specific professional medical recommendations. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the authors and they do not reflect the opinions of any organizations nor members with whom the authors are associated. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor-patient relationship.